It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast. It's Wednesday, January 16th, the year 2019. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Well, folks, there's no other way to put it. Yesterday, I goofed. Uh, I made kind of a silly error as I was uploading yesterday's show because I did not upload yesterday's show. I picked the wrong file as I was loading the the episode into the system. So if you got the notification that the podcast was up early yesterday, you heard a rerun. You heard the show that I recorded with Brian Bassett uh, right after the Jets decided to hire Adam Gaze instead of the show on Adam Gaze's press conference. So it was a silly mistake, and unfortunately, by the time I realized it, I was going to be away from the computer that had that file for many hours. So it wasn't until yesterday evening until that I got the correct show up. So thank you for bearing with me dur- during that just silly mistake. Um, you know, Let's just hope I'm as good at prognosticating the quality of head coaching hires as I am at uploading podcast episodes because apparently I'm not very good at that. Um, so, yeah, obviously just kind of a silly error on my end. So, you know, apologies if you were inconvenienced. The show is up now. And, you know, thanks to everybody who reached out yesterday. I mean, there were lots of people who were kind of fired up about it. And I, I take that as a compliment. You know, you, you sit here, and I really do appreciate that. Uh, you know, you, you, I sit here all alone, and I record these podcasts, and I wonder if anybody really cares. And it's nice to hear that people do care. People, um, you know, wonder if a show doesn't go up as scheduled. People people are curious because they want to hear it. So I really do appreciate that. Uh, and I appreciate your passion. I appreciate your support for the show. And, you know, hopefully we'll avoid mistakes like that in the future. Um, anyway, today... Today, um, Andrew Hershkowitz, who is my friend, he, he works in the in the industry. I've uh, worked with him for a number of years on various um, projects. He used to host a hot podcast on my website. Um, he used to be with Pro Football Focus. He and he and I recorded a, a 
chat about the state of the Jets, the state of the Adam Gaze hire. Andrew's much higher on this hire than, or Andrew's higher on this hire than I am. Maybe not much higher, but he's higher on this uh, decision to hire Adam Gaze than, than I am. So he's kind of played the role of my psychologist, trying to talk me through it, trying to give me some positive, some positivity, and hopefully he'll do the same for you uh, if you tune into the show. We also talk about some of the things that are on the horizon for the Jets, some of the decisions that they'll have to make. And, you know, who knows? We had we had one segment that was kind of a goof, so I had to edit it. So maybe if I edited it wrong, you, we'll have a second disaster on this podcast this week. And I'm sure you'll get a laugh out of it if I did not edit it, edit it correctly. But there's only one way to find out. So let's go to my chat with Andrew. We are here today with uh, Andrew Hershkowitz, a good friend to the Lockdown Jets podcast. Andrew and I have worked on a number of projects in the past. He uh, actually was the host of an old podcast on my website, gangreennation.com. He's been all over the place, been with Bleacher Report, with Pro Football Focus, and always a guy I enjoy talking with. Andrew, welcome. How are you doing today? Thanks, John. It's, it's it's amazing because right before you're like, how, how do you want to introduce, how do you want me to introduce you? And I'm like, she's like, like should I say Sports Illustrated? Because I work at Sports Illustrated now and I didn't even mention Bleach Report or or Pro Football Focus. And yet you're such a good dude that, you know, you're able to recall these things. And that that's why I'm glad to be here. So we can stop. Uh, I can stop kissing your ass. And now we can argue about Adam Gates and I can talk you off no, the no no we're not going to argue because so andrew <laughs> andrew is not as down on the gaze hire as i am i'm not going to say i don't want to argue because i don't want to be in the position where i'm telling right. all of you people that, that we're doomed for the next three years so andrew is good and i know there are a lot of you out there who feel the same way i do about adam gaze so andrew's going to kind of be our psychologist he's, he's going to he's going to explain to us why this is going to be okay so why don't you go ahead andrew fine putting me on the spot like that but the first thing that i think we should talk about because this is obviously the most recent thing is the press conference who saw who had a good time today when you saw that when you saw those eyes just like surveying like just him displaying his football crazy you know like the, I, I think a lot of these a lot of a lot of the people who are successful in football people like the guy who introduced him and is the biggest advocate Peyton Manning by having like throw guys like Nick Saban in there and Jim Harbaugh is that they live and breathe this stuff and I don't think and there is you have to be crazy to be able to to do that i mean football is not an easy sport to play or an environment to be in i feel like people have been writing about that for a while and they take it directions that whatever it it, it creates conversation and it may it makes you think just about the the brutality and just how hardcore everything is but back to the gaze has those qualities to me now the guys I mentioned were Nick Saban and Jim Harbaugh. Those guys right now are in college because I feel like the disciplinarian mentality, and I had this mentality about Adam Gase, and he, uh, before this whole coaching hire, I actually wanted Todd Monken. But like because of the stories of Gase in the locker room and the players like um, rebelling, but if you want to put it that way, that's the way I thought the narrative of the players were rebelling. But the, the, the reports came out that, like, there were some players, um, like, like Jarvis Landry and Jordan Phillips, who uh, aren't, like, the most – I mean, we saw the hard knocks, you know. Like, you say you want about Jarvis Landry, but he's passionate. And he's also football crazy. When football crazy reaches football crazy, it doesn't work well. And I think Gates has to rein in that disciplinary mentality in the pros versus college because all these guys have lived this in college. So that's the one thing that I would I agree with you 100 guys percent on. 100 guys percent on. You, 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 I think Valid I'm a psychologist. 
I feel like I feel like I'm a psychologist because psychologist is talking so much right now, and and John is just gathering. I, I it's kind of a bad medium to have a psychologist. I don't know if you're on your face right now, like what is this guy talking about? Adam Gase, he's gonna come in and and it's gonna be chaos, or uh, are you actually starting to? Am I making sense to you? Yeah, no, I, I I think that that does make sense. I mean, for me, this whole hire is ba- I, see, it's not as it, it is partially I don't like Adam Gaze, but it's also I just really was not a fan of the process. And I feel like this is kind mm-hmm. of a hire where you go out on they went out on a limb here because there were I mean, there are some things that are good about Gaze. Like, I definitely think like his offense is very well designed. I mean, I've just got, started going through like some of the stuff he did in Miami. I think he, the design of the offense is really good. Um, you know, one of the things I do like is the, this is, this is kind of how I view it is people have been saying, well, the priority is to develop Sam Darnold. It's to develop Sam Darnold. And the more and more I think about that, I actually don't agree with that because to me, Darnold's like a blue chip prospect. Like that's the guy you traded up for him. And he's a guy, oh no, no. So I I think, I think he is. I think he is a blue chip prospect. Listen to me, listen to me, because because I I think that Gaze is, I I think that that was the mistake, because I think for me, Darnold is a guy who, it's just a matter of him physically maturing, it's a matter of him getting more experience, more game reps, you know, Mm -hmm. against the speed of NFL defenses, the complexity of NFL defense. I mean, we saw him succeed near the year as he got got more comfortable within a Jeremy Bates style offense. Mm -hmm. And to me, Gaze is not the guy who I and even the, the owner said it in the press conference. Uh, he said, "Well, he's never really developed a young quarterback before." To me, I don't think Gaze is the guy who you want developing a, like a young raw quarterback. I think he's the guy who you who can maximize somebody who's like already really mentally sharp. Uh, you know, his offense is his offense is not he's not going to dumb down his offense for like a young quarterback who needs. And- simplicity he's the thing. guy he's, he's the guy who will take you the quarterback to the next level who it's kind of like the thinking man's quarterback uh, yeah, he, he, want, he wants the thinking you. man's quarterback is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy either way join keith sanchez and damian parson for mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm with you on the first part of that Darnold, uh, I'm sorry, that, that Gase's system is good, right? But that maybe Darnold has those traits that, like, Honestly, he just needs to make it happen. And that is the mentality of Mike McCarthy hire because McCarthy, like, that's literally the problem, the crux of the issue in Green Bay was about Rodgers, like, basically handling everything and they're just running slant flat every play and, like, they're getting guys to get open, running isolation routes, and Rodgers save us. Like, that's not what I wanted. Um, I wanted Todd Monken. I just want to make that clear before I just come off as some Adam Gase uh, number one super fan was the guy I wanted the most. And I wanted since November. My my coworkers uh, were like, "Who?" And these are people that work in the industry, like Todd Monken. Um, but um, hopefully they're not listening because I'm calling out by name. Um, so I agree with that. I, I I agree with that. He has those tools. But you also definitely said that you you trust his system. So I come back to that. Like the the I watched Tom Brady, right? 
throughout, and this is obviously going to the extreme example, but I watch a guy like Tom Brady and, and I think this is a big issue with like Belichick and Brady. It comes down to why they're not like best of buds and like you have all this cryptic stuff around them is because Belichick believes that his system is the biggest thing and Brady is the, is the guy who, who, who just executes and gets stuff done. And he's amazing. At it. He's, the, he's, he's the greatest of all time. I will say that. To me, Aaron Rodgers is the best I've ever seen. That's the whole, if you want to like to, to have that conversation. But I'm, I'm going off the rails here, John. John, you have to stop me when I'm going off the rails. If, if, if I'm not making sense, can I trust you on that? No, you, you can't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just keep going. Um, so I agree that Darnold might have those capabilities to just carry an offense without an offensive guy behind him. But I think the one thing all Jet fans could have agreed on before this entire process is that they wanted an offensive guy, right? That's why everyone who was who was uh, interviewed was an offensive guy, aside from like Richard, right? I think I think Chris Richard was the only defensive uh, coach that they even interviewed. And um, Rule, Rule, who was kind of like background on both sides of the ball. Right, right, right. And that's a whole other issue. And that's what comes back, back down to the process of hiring, but. When this whole process started, the Jets were looking for an offensive guy, and Richard and Rule were the two guys that even had any any experience on the defensive side of the ball, and Rule had experience on multiple. Um, and it's because they you need that system to make it easier on a guy, like you don't, it, or it makes it easier if you have that system. Yeah, um, I. I... Huh. You know what? I, I I actually was one of the few people who said, I, I, to me, it's not as oh. important to get a higher on the offensive side of the ball. Okay, yeah, I, I like the fact that I like where you're coming from because I do think we have to acknowledge there are is, there were issues in Miami. Um, you know, there were certain things he didn't do well, and I think every coach comes to the table with some positive attributes. But there were, you know, when it comes to communication, running the locker room, and there there were a lot of issues in this locker room. I mean, the more I read about this and. Yeah, I think some of the stories were exaggerated, like that one story about how you know all the veterans went to the owner and said, "Oh, you have to fire gays." That it turns out that was exaggerated. But I think you know, you, you read about this; there obviously were problems in Miami. So I think the hope is just he improves on certain things, which is certainly possible. Um, and you know, my issue is just as much as it is the the hire of gays, who I'll be honest with you, I was not a fan of. It's just where I'm concerned because this is the type of hire where you kind of have to go out on a, on a limb and trust the jets. And just based on everything that's happened <laughs> you know, over the last few years, it's like, it's like, if this, if I'm a Steelers fan and the Steelers make this Junior. hire, I'm inclined to like, okay, I'll give my team the benefit of the doubt that they, they can put the infrastructure mm -hmm. in place that will help this guy improve. It's just the jets. I mean, everything they do, it just, well, this well, team's going to drive me to an <laughs> this well, team's gonna drive me to an early grave. I mean, that's that's yeah. the way this team's kill. This team's gonna kill me. Well, if it was gonna happen, it would happen when if there was actually a change at the top. And they're, I mean, they're directly. It's not the same individual running the the team. It's not. Um, so I'm not saying that's gonna be a cause, but I'm saying if what you're saying, if all this all this heartbreak and all this just the Jets always find a way to lose in like in a new way every time, and like it's and just make them look bad a new way every time. Even today at the press conference, Adam Gase with his eyes, you know, but it'll happen when there's a change at the top. And back to those eyes, like I was reading the comments of your site of the hire, and 
until my Chrome crashed and why there was probably gonna be a very difficult edit for you. And I'm sorry for that, John. I had, I had them open and I'm getting them up right now that people were just, oh, I love this guy. He, he uh, it, it's gonna be so much fun. He's one of us now, crazy eyes and all. Top comment, uh, McGurk. I'm sorry, you're gonna have to be easier than that if I'm gonna say that name out loud, but crack back, gaze in your face. Um, that people wanna talk themselves, they wanna have the hope in the next couple of years, but over the next couple, who wants to think that their team's gonna be terrible? And the Jets, with Darnold and the salary, have more opportunity to be all in right now at any time that they're gonna be in Darnold's career most I mean just empirically when it comes to the money so we were talking about this before are you are you a fan of this mentality of the Jets going after the big name like Le'Veon Bell maybe trading number number three pick for Antonio Brown literally the two of you can make the argument the best running back and the best wide receiver and there are of course things that come with Le'Veon and that if you hire a guy like Gase maybe that doesn't that doesn't clash well I mean it just it clashes and Gase has to learn that he can't be the sheriff guy, disciplinarian guy, um, over the top in the pros when these guys are getting paid millions of dollars. And then Le'Veon has to work on, that's a call of the conversation that we may have or may not have, depending on what you answer right now. Well, if you get Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, there's only two possibilities. Either A, you've made Adam Gaze a championship coach, or B, you've gotten Adam Gaze fired after two years. I think there's there's only one or two paths this can go on. Um, you know, Bell I've kind of been back and forth on, uh, and I'm kind of le- leaning towards yes, just from the standpoint the Jets are going to have to spend this money somewhere, and I don't really see a lot of other options there. I, like, I hate the fact that like they're going to invest all this money in a running back, but mm-hmm. they're kind of in, they've kind of put themselves in a position where I'm not really seeing another option, and I feel like he would be a big help to Sam Darnold. I feel like there's an argument to be made that Le'Veon Bell is more valuable to the Jets than he would be another team. I think the three pick though, I would not trade that for Brown, and I love I think Brown's a great receiver. I just don't think the Jets have the assets to make that deal unless you want to give up the three pick. But the three pick, I mean, the three pick in any draft is a guy who should be like a you know a, a top, top of his position player for you know a decade. So I, that's why I just don't think I could justify trading the three pick because when you factor in salary, I feel like there's a good chance you get better. Even if you're not getting a better player, the fact that you're not paying him that much for the first four or five years, you could argue that you get as good value for that with that pick than you would trading it for Antonio Brown. So I'm kind of I'm kind of halfway on that one. I, I'm at this point I'm kind of le- leaning yes on Le'Veon, and I'm kind of I'm I'm a no on trading the three for Brown. Well, I. The, the, the first words that came out of your mouth were all you had to say that it's either going to be championship in two years or Adam Gase is going to be fired. And if Adam Gase is fired, so is the GM. And it's finally just maybe they'll, they'll actually change the way the infrastructure of the organization works. Right. And with, uh, with both of them uh, um, going to the owner had rather like uh, Chris Johnson hiring a football guy who then hires his guys. So that's a whole other conversation, but, I do think it is a possibility that they trade the three pick, and I under and I agree with everything you said. Like they could get a guy like Josh Allen who didn't fill that edge rusher need that they've needed for so long. But as we saw th- this weekend with the top four teams in the league, scoring offenses in the league being four teams left. I mean, offense is king, and it, and it has been for for a while. I mean, that's just a crazy stat that just happens to happen. But like 
even if that didn't happen, the, the it's an offensive league and bringing in a guy like Adam Gase to, to use his system that I think Antonio Brown would be insanely good in because it's run after the catch ability on, on the quick balls. And then, I mean, he's just Antonio Brown. I don't delve into why he's so great anymore, any much longer. I, I think that that this is the time and we can talk about Greg Williams if we think that's going to happen too, but I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. But again, they can come into personalities again with Gates and all that other stuff. So it's crazy because it's a, it's a human element. All this is the human element. And it comes back down to what we were saying before about the fans wanting the hope. That's just human. And I hope that you people have fans actually even – the Jets have killed you so many more times in so many different ways and you've come back. So why would this time be any different? So maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. An offensive well, guy a crazy offense. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I, I think the the best argument I've heard for for gays actually came from somebody. He left a comment on my website, and he said, "You know, like some of these hirings end up working out for reasons that just defy logic at the time." And they brought they brought up like Joe Torre with the Yankees, and when the Yankees hired Joe Torre back in uh, 95, 96. And I've I've read the story of how this happened. Is like apparently like. There was some guy in baseball Joe Torre was always nice to. And at that point, he, the guy, whoever this guy was, had George Steinbrenner's ear. And Steinbrenner goes, to him, well, who should I hire as manager? And the guy's like, well, Joe Torre's always been nice to me. And apparently, like, that had a lot to do with Joe Torre getting the Yankee job. And he ended up being great. And, you know, another example I heard was, like, Pete Carroll at USC, who just seemed totally unqualified for the job, goes to USC, does a great job, wins national championships. I mean, there, those are, those are, there are certain hires that just, like, even – but the dis- even like knowing what you know now, you look at it you're like that's a ridiculous hire in the context, and it ends up working out. So you know, like I don't know everything. Maybe maybe there's stuff I'm not seeing. Maybe there's stuff a lot of people aren't seeing in the in this guy case. And that is the mentality that people should have when it comes to things like this. And but that's not that's not fans. That fans are fanatics, and they jump to these. And and, and to your credit, you don't, which is why. I find it hilarious that I'm coming on here as your so-called psychologist who doesn't shut up because I just keep talking. <laughs> so and the fact that 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 you that that you need that or you feel like you need that, you know, it it's just it's where we are as as Jet fans at this point. I was walking around the day after they hired Gaze and like some some of these ghost stuff to me. They're, they're like, is everything okay? Are you you seem you seem very you don't seem like yourself today. Like I was so, I mean, it's just like. This I, I really feel like this team, some, something's got to go. And you know what? What? But what, what drives me nuts about this team is that how many times I've been in this situation where it's just like I have to hope that there's something I'm not seeing here with this team. It's like I want something. I want something tangible. You know, I want something. Something like I can you know see clearly that to give me hope. And it's just like once again I'm going back to well, hopefully there's something nobody else knows. And that's just like I'm so tired of being in that place. I guess that's why I've been so. I don't know. It's such a bad mood with this team and, lately. And and John, but you know what you would know? You know that Antonio Brown is good. You know Le'Veon Bell is good. And you, I know it's like, it sounds like a pipe dream, but 
to me, I look at, at just, did they think Gase, if Gase is not successful, he's not going to be here very long. I think he has two years. I think he's on McCagnon's timeline. And yeah. so that was, that was one of the few things like I actually kind of liked about this hire is that like, this is a guy who, you know, if it goes bad, it's going to go terrible. It's just like, okay, well, if this, you know, if like you hire Matt rule, I feel like you have to give him a lot of time because he's, you know, he's a young coach. He doesn't have a lot of NFL experience. So when you're kind of investing in him for the future, this guy, if this guy like bombs, you have no reservations about getting rid of this guy. I think that's one of the few, one of the things I like. I, I agree with you. I think that does put him on the same timeline as McCagnon. And if McCagnon wants to save his job, who that is like th- th- that's the oh. thing. I was talking to one of my my co-producers today about it, and he's like, "Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown. It doesn't. It sounds like a Mike McCagnon move, but it doesn't sound like an Adam Gase move." So. Yeah. You know what? Here's my thing: is that it's not just like the, who you can get at the three pick, but this Jets team just has so many holes across the board. And I, I'm not arguing. I think you'd have to be a fool to say Antonio Brown would not be a big help to this team. But I feel like they almost have to trade down because they don't have a second round pick this year. I mean, this team just needs to start stockpiling picks because they have. I mean, they they they're hopefully set at quarterback, and you know, you I keep saying this, and a lot of Jets fans keep saying this. We're assuming Sam Darnold's going to be really good. And that's maybe we shouldn't assume that, but we're, we're assuming they're set at quarterback. They're set at safety, and maybe they, they got a good tight end. It looks like, but I, I'm struggling to come up with <laughs> any other positions where they and they could use another. Uh-huh. You know, I think tight end is actually a position I'd look to in the offseason. I know people are going to say you have Herndon. Well, why not have two tight ends? Why not actually for once be able to dictate matchups, be able to create matchup problems for people? Have a second tight end. But I mean, I don't see a lot of positions where this Jets team. Has a lot. You look at the offensive line. I mean, okay, you'll got you'll have Le'Veon Brown, but you won't have an offensive line. So, I mean, I feel like you have to trade down and just add to the depth of the roster. And I think that this is a draft for me that where a they have to. I would trade down. I would try and trade down frequently in the in this draft, and I would heavily focus on offense. And if it wasn't offense, edge rushers be the spot I, I'd look at. Um, and that's that's kind of where I'm at. And that's I guess that's the biggest reason where. I would have trouble trading the third pick because that's the best asset you have to trade that de- to trade down and obtain more draft picks. John, I, I, I know I'm supposed to be your psychologist, but I, I guess as a psychologist, I have to just show reality that you're not Mike McCagden and you're not on the hot seat. And you're saying if I would do it, if I, if I would, and yes, I, I would agree with you too. But I think at this point we understand that, as Jet fans, it's about the now in New York, and, and and there also is an empirical argument of just Darnold. You have a hundred million in cap space. This is what McCann's been building up for since he got here. He made a little bit of an investment on the Revis year, and they went ten and six. And that Jet game, that Jet Bill game, remains one of the most heartbreaking games I've, I've experienced as a Jets fan because that year I, there really wasn't a dominant team. Like I think they could have won definitely one playoff game, perhaps even two. Um, and from there, who the hell knows? But this is the off season for for McCagnan, and a hundred million is a lot of money because Lev only wants eighteen. I mean, only wants when when I say guys like Damian Williams and C.J. Anderson went off this past weekend. But eighteen eighteen percent of the hundred million in cap space, and I understand the it doesn't take into account roster uh, like uh, cap holds on on roster spots and like guys that you have to pay. But 
And Dan and Herbert Brown and uh, and Bell would account for 40% of that. And then obviously the opportunity cost of losing the third pick. But once again, you're Mike McCagg and you need to save your job. So you can't tell me it's not an enticing proposition. Well, for him, but I mean, this is, you know, this is one of the things that scares me is that I, I always say that one of the most dangerous things for any franchise is when the general manager's short-term best interests do not line up with the franchise's long-term best interest. So that's why I, you know, another reason I'm, you know, you're supposed to make me feel better. Now, now we're talking about <laughs> how, how McCagnon's going to, you know, make the shorts, I guess shorts. Oh, geez. Okay. It's going to kill me, Andrew. It's going to kill me. But as you and the gates higher and, and you said at the beginning, it either going to be really, really good or really, really bad. And it could go really, really bad, but it could also go really, really good. And we're focusing a lot and understandably on the really, really bad part. Like, but that's a place we've been before. And you only one time get an opportunity at your franchise quarterback, not making any money. And we're a place where you can put, think of that offense, Le'Veon Bell at the running back position, Antonio Brown. I'm just talking about skilled guys because offensive line is another conversation. But Calvin Beecham's not the worst left tackle in the league. Uh, and, and Winters and hopefully Shell gets back are are passable. You need to expend – I really hope they go after Matt Paradise. Um, but they'll invest in the O-line too. That's about have $100 million in cap space. And Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Quincy Noonan, Robbie Anderson, Chris Herndon with Sam Darnold like quarterback. Are you kidding me? Like, okay, you're, you're actually talking me – you're making me feel better. You're actually t- kind of talking me into this a little bit. <laughs> I'm glad. But think about that. I still, don't think having... I, I still don't think I'm trading three for Brown, but, you know, I'm at least at least seeing, seeing, seeing some light at the end of the tunnel here. So so thank you. You, you know, you're actually starting to make me feel a little bit better about this team, which is not an easy thing to do. I, I, I try and think positively, John. It's, it's a good thing in life, and I hate that that – when I say to that to people, it comes off as preachy, but you know, it's what? this is this is the only time. This is the only time that that Darnold is going to be making a little money, and you could have a literal Madden team like on your team right now, and then hopefully you hit some on the defensive side of the ball in late rounds. And that's McCacken hasn't really been great at that, <laughs> you know. Can make it work. Maybe Greg Williams' craziness will be enough to uh, do enough for that offense, you know. So. How many combustible pieces can we put on this team? I mean, we have days. We have. We're going to put Greg Williams on this team. We're adding Le'Veon. I mean, this is this. I mean, this has potential to be like the football version of the Bronx Zoo. You know, those Yankee teams of the seventies. It does, but honestly, and I, 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 I always have trouble, and I never haven't done it yet, of getting a jersey of someone that's younger than me. But Jamal Adams, that guy is a leader, and that people will follow that guy, and have been. And I think him being there, I think he, he, he's already getting respect. He would already be getting respect from guys like Le'Veon and Antonio Brown, even though those guys do have screws loose, as most football players do. And uh, it's me and coming, just talking right now on, on a microphone. I mean, it's, it sucks that, like, I'm even saying that. And it doesn't suck that I'm allowed to say it, but, like, it's, like, it's, it's just the reality of the situation. Um, I think Adams is a guy that can really be a leader and is a leader and has that mentality and is also football crazy. That dude is football crazy too, but he's also very, very thoughtful in the moment, I feel. Um, and I don't know if this makes sense to you, but I read in the media and the stories I read on him. So maybe maybe, maybe that's another positive way to look at it if, if uh, I'm making you feeling better right now, John. 
and he wants to bring a lot of guys to the Jets. I mean, that much. Uh, the one thing I, I said I said uh, today was that, you know, every time you see somebody make a play, Jamal Adams is tweeting out about how the Jets should get him. And I said, you know, if Jamal Adams was the GM of this team, I think they'd be $200 million <laughs> over the cap and they'd be stripped of all their draft picks for because Jamal Adams is tampered with them. <laughs> But I mean, he, you know, he's gonna. I think he's gonna do a great job. Recruit. He said he's gonna recruit. He's gonna put on a big pitch to get free agents to come with the Jets. And I think that you know, that's something that'll probably be helpful. Yeah, man, Dude, that guy's inspiring. You know, I can't even call him a kid, even though he's younger than me. I, I struggle to get a jersey because I'm just walking around jersey. Someone's younger than me, learning the game. Like, but that I I love the way he plays and the way he conducts himself and just the way he articulates himself. I think it's really cool. But um, th- has this has this helped you so far, John? Like uh, that that Madden offense with the uh, the crazy defensive coordinator and with some legitimate talented pieces on the defensive side. I mean, it, we can delve into the roster, but it's not like the Jets. What w- we agree that the Jets have holes everywhere, but they also have upside at places. Um, yeah, and it's funny. The first guy that comes to my mind, which is sad, is Tremaine Johnson, but. I wasn't a fan of it either of, of the signing, but that guy has talent. Like you can't deny that. Obviously, you'd rather not be paying him, however millions of dollars they are. But maybe you you could tell me better than me. Who are the guys on defense that you think, especially with a, perhaps a shift to a four three, which is an interesting conversation because that changes Henry Anderson's status and it also changes probably uh, Avery Williamson. Um, so that that's another conversation to be had about organizational philosophy and fitting coaching to to the roster and versus the roster to the coaching and you know so how do you feel about the defensive side of the ball we've, gotten, we've spoken a lot about the offensive side of the ball with Gase but we haven't really focused much on that side because if they do have this offense that we were just talking about that actually made you feel good like how good of a defense do you think that the Jets can field and who are some of the guys that are already on the roster that you think can make that jump you ruined it by talking about Tremaine Johnson. Uh, so you, you, this era of good feeling has has ended because you you reminded me Tremaine Johnson's a thing on this. Team. You know, last time you were on the show was actually the day they signed Johnson, and I remember, mm-hmm. I remember what happened it was I was in Trader Joe's, I was buying something, and I checked on my phone, and they signed Tremaine Johnson, and like I like almost dropped my bag because when I saw the dollar, amount. And I remember I said, I said something to the effect of. This like I don't I didn't know at the time how it was gonna work, but this just has the makings of one of those all time terrible contracts. When you look at the money, yeah. when you look at the sky, I mean I I've I've done with him. I think that the issues with the Jets are um I think they there is degree of I think I like the safeties. Uh linebackers, Darren Lee, you know, had a better year this year. I think that if you figure out a way to keep him clean, not force him to shed blocks, you could be a player. Uh Williamson, I like. You know, I'm starting to talk myself into Leonard Williams just because people don't realize how young he is. You know, he's still not that old. I mean, there's still upside there. So maybe Leonard Williams, I think issue for the Jets is what two positions do you want on defense? What are the two most important positions for most teams edge and corner? And I just don't mm-hmm. love what they have there. So I think that's got to be the focus of the offseason on the defensive side of the ball. Those two, the two impact spots. Absolutely. I, um, you're talking about Leonard Williams. I, I think the opportunity, the upside can be displayed if he's a 4-3 defensive tackle rushing the passer. Um, and Darren Lee, I think he's fast enough to play the weak side linebacker position. Obviously, that's his, that's his strength. And he got, you said he want to keep him clean. Does that, does it, 
is he kept more clean in a four three or or is a three four a guy like Henry Anderson two gapping and and penetrating? Um, that how does that fit with Darren Lee? Well, the, Bulls, I... the Bulls defense, the Bulls defense, where I think was heavily predicated on one gapping. So I don't think it's so much four three versus three four. I mean, you can you if you run two gapping schemes where you know defensive lineman's job is just to engage the offensive lineman to make sure they don't get to leave. That's fine. I mean, I just think they have to find they have to find better use for him. And I mean, let me give you let me give you the, something I didn't realize. I, I read. I can't remember. I wish I could give the person credit who who said this. But, uh, you know, Leonard Williams is only 24 years old. You, you don't really, because he's been in the league for so long. He got into the league so young. Nathan Shepard, who the Jets drafted in the third round last year, is 25. So a guy who was, Leonard Williams is younger than a guy the Jets drafted in the third round last year. You, you don't well, realize yeah, it. Because because of... <laughs> well, yeah, there's another issue there. But, uh, you know, you don't realize how young. Uh, we're trying to get me into a good place mentally. You know, we want, we want me to be in a happy place because right. these people have to listen to me like all off season. And I don't want nine months of this team is terrible. I, I, you think of the listeners, you know, we have thousands of people listening every day, trying to get them, you know, trying to get a positive John B so that I can brighten their day a little bit with some good news about the jets. Uh, but uh, yeah. So, you know, I think it's, it's tough to believe Leonard Williams is not even 25 yet. And I look, I've, been rough on him this year i've been down on him this year but i do think it's important to remember he's still young and there's still upside there and if you put and here's the other thing is he's never been paired with a good edge rusher so if you get a good edge rusher who can actually draw attention like force opposing offensive lines to slide toward him maybe that means more one-on-ones where williams can dominate so that's i guess that's kind of my hope for the defense i have a question for you john do you feel better do you feel any better or... I actually do. Yeah, I, I actually do. I, I feel I, I, I can't say I'm overwhelmingly confident, but right. this state of despair has kind of lifted a little bit. So thank you, Andrew. Wow. You know, that, that makes me really happy. I wasn't sure I did a great job, but well, maybe I... it's just talking. Maybe it's just talking to my friend, you know, my friend Andrew, who I haven't spoken with since that day in Trader Joe's when <laughs> I dropped my bags and the Jets signed Tremaine Johnson. I, I can't recall exactly what I said, but I, I was I was aware of the issues with Tremaine Johnson, the possibility of what happened to happen. But I also think there's the Jets are stuck with them right now. And he does have talent. And if he just looks at himself in the mirror and puts himself together, they might have they, he has the, the capability of being a, a good cornerback right? at, at the least. Okay, so so here's here's what I'm gonna say is I have no confidence in Tremaine Johnson, but I have confidence in you. And around <laughs> two two years ago, you came onto this podcast. It was right after the Jets made a trade, and I was caught. I was just like, I can't believe they did this, and they got Demario Davis. And you made you were the like the one person on earth who said, "You know what, Demario Davis, he's got a shot to turn his career around." And I laughed at you, and you were right <laughs> about it. So maybe you're right about this. Who knows? Wow, you know, I forgot about that. That's true. That's actually very true, man. That is your claim um, to fame. You, you like that's. I mean, if that was me, that would be the proudest moment of. My, maybe it says <laughs> a lot about my life. That would be one of the five proudest <laughs> moments of life to call Demario Davis. But again, another example, another example of something that just made no logical sense happening. You know, something good that happened for the Jets, where they trade for this guy who's just been a. A, a jag his whole career just another guy and suddenly he turns to a really good player for them there's there was no explanation for it so you know maybe again maybe a good omen for gase or something 
Yeah, he got himself. Davis got himself a good contract in New Orleans, and now he's playing the, this coming upcoming weekend for an opportunity to play in the Super Bowl. So crazy, and I, I completely forgot about that. Um, but yeah, you, it, 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 again, one of these things that you just stuff happens, and if you give yourself assets like that, you know are good. You know, Le'Veon Bell is good. You know, Antonio Brown is good, right? And you're Mike McCagnan, and you need to save your job. You already have a coach who you already know has the potential to either combust everything and everything goes to crap. But what do you care? You're getting fired. Or you have, let's look at the quarterbacks in the, it's the old guard versus the new guard. Uh, Breeze and Brady have been on top, but then there's Mahomes and Goff this weekend. You know, it's not like the Chiefs have some great defense. And obviously uh, Patrick Mahomes is the MVP of the league. And I love Jamal Adams, and I made that clear before. But like, if I had to pick Patrick Mahomes or Jamal Adams in that draft now, I mean, that's clear. Um, but Darnold is a good quarterback, just evidence of what he had to deal with this year, and he didn't completely fall on his face at all. Um, I think the Jets have an opportunity here, and I think it, it the optimistic outlook is is one that has gotten Jet fans. <laughs> got punched over and over again in hilariously innovative ways. But if you're not on board and then it keeps going and then it becomes good, like obviously everyone will take you back, but you will, you will remember that, you know, you will remember, you know what? I wasn't, I wasn't in on it. All right. Andrew, before I let you go, picks for this weekend. Huh? Not done this in a long time, but on first impression, I, I do like the Chiefs. Maybe that's perhaps I'm I'm a Jet fan, and I thought the Chargers would win this weekend also. But I do like the Chiefs. Um, I, I think the Pages are a different team on the road. Uh, and I, Mahomes at home and that and that offense just too much. The Kelsey Hill combination, and then the Saints Rams. I think, I think Sheldon Rankin's injury is big because uh, that, that's going to allow Gurley to run more and that's what changed the saints this year that they were one of the best run defenses in football. And now you have CJ Anderson and CJ Anderson, again, a guy who you're not going to have to pay $18 million uh, to, to be in your backfield and Todd Gurley in their backfield. So I do think the Rams, I think it just feels like the Rams year to me. Um, so I'm going to go Rams and chiefs. All right, the, the rematch of a epic Monday night game from earlier in the year in the Super Bowl, and kind of the, the new wave of quarterbacks would be Goff and Mahomes in the Super Bowl. So anyway, Andrew, thank you Sam, so much for joining and, and, us. And 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 maybe next year it'll be Sam Darnold. Maybe next year Sam. And, well, that's that's a perfect way for my psychologists, uh, Andrew Hershkowitz, to end our show. Andrew, thank you for joining us. Thanks, John. And that, my friends, is the show for today. Thanks for listening. This has been the Locked on Jets podcast. If you enjoy the show, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify, and please leave the show a good review in iTunes. Hope you have a great Wednesday, and we'll be back again tomorrow. We will talk more Jets. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.